if or when you find yourself in a space where you know that what you're doing is all things that you need to be doing on some level, but it's kind of creating this friction or resistance or challenge or difficulty in other areas of your business, you're not alone. This is part of building a successful and sustainably successful business. The messy middles are where so much magic can be found. Welcome to Selling Chocolate, the podcast where I am sharing the tactical steps, mindset shifts, and strategies that will help big-hearted entrepreneurs like you expand your visibility, impact, and income, and create consistent five-figure months doing work you love doing in the way you love doing it. Around here, we call that sustainable success. I'm your host, Carly Jo Bell, cat lady, business coach, product and service-based business owner, and the founder of Whole Co. Media. By tuning into this episode today, you are showing your brain that not only is it possible for you to create genuinely sustainable success in your business, it's also a reality that is available to you right now. And now all you need to do is listen and then choose to take the aligned next step toward your version of sustainable success. So let's dive in. The magic is often found in the mess. There have been quite a few things in my business lately that I have really struggled with. Not even really struggled with, but struggled to do. Like example A, record podcast episodes. <laughs> and if you've listened to the podcast, you've actually heard me say that before. So that's nothing new. But the reason why I've been struggling to do the things that I have, record podcast episodes, make a few kind of key decisions in some other places, the reason I've been struggling is because right now here at Holco, everything kind of feels like it has been dug up and it feels like we're in this really, frankly, tedious process of sorting through everything. What do we want to keep? What do we want to do? Where do we need to nuance things? What do we want to shift? What do we want to change? Literally digging up everything. And if I like zoom out of business and think about this from a personal perspective, I really understand in my core that the reason why everything feels messy right now is that last year, 2022, was a year of going into the depths of my being so much so that I couldn't have come out to the other side the same person as I went in. Last year, for anyone who's been, you know, around for a while following me, 2022 was honestly one of the hardest years of my life, personally. And not for the reasons why years have been hard in the past, but because essentially a lot of shit, for lack of a better word, a lot of shit came up (laughs) inside of myself. And It was all of the things that I had thought I had healed from the past in therapy, et cetera, but I realized essentially it was all still living in my body. And so I had to do a lot of somatic work. I had a lot of anxiety. I was 
all sorts of things. That's a whole other conversation. But basically, last year was the caterpillar goo year in my personal life. (laughs) I like to always talk about that analogy of the caterpillar goo because I don't know if you knew this, but literally how a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, I know you know they go into their little chrysalis, etc. But did you know that in the chrysalis, it literally becomes goo before it then becomes a butterfly? Seriously, Google it. Caterpillar goo is a real thing. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I lost my train of thought because I'm obsessed with this idea. But last year was my caterpillar goo year. I literally just in every way personally felt like caterpillar goo. I also had the best year of my life in business. So, you know, that's really cool. (laughs) Um, And we can talk about how that happened in another moment. But I couldn't come out to the other side of last year being the same person doing the same things that I went into last year doing. Even if, for example, I look at like how I was selling Expand in January of 2022 and then how I sold Expand in January 2023, like wildly different. And we're actually going to talk a little bit about that anyway. So stay tuned. But because of the personal growth and really healing that I took part in or that I experienced last year, I had to, as I exited out of that caterpillar goo, <laughs> re-solidified into a butterfly, I had to then from my new eyes, from my deeper understanding of myself, of humanity, of, <laughs> you know, like my place in the world, I had to start making some changes. And What I find really interesting about this, and maybe this is just me nerding out, but up until or even all the way through last year, I've been building my business based off of creating sustainable success. So doing work I love doing in the way I love doing it, working with people I love working with, like I've been doing that all along. But because of the deepening of my own personal growth last year, I came out of that realizing that I had to start making even more shifts toward even more sustainability in order to continue creating a business that I really love running that supports me in creating not just, you know, the fulfillment and, you know, joy and excitement and everything from my work, but supports me in creating the life that I want outside of my work. Okay, I could keep nerding out about that, but coming back in. Because of all of that, I had to make some changes. I had to start shifting some things. I had to go even more thoroughly and deeply into what does true sustainable success mean for me? And so I found myself in the middle of a mess. I might have come out personally feeling like a butterfly, but then because of that, it felt like then I had to take whole co into some caterpillar goo territory. (laughs) It felt like I had to take Holco that was this beautiful butterfly. And I had to say, okay, you know, we're starting this process all over again. Let's dig deep here. Let's figure out what we really need to shift, who we really are, what we as a brand are doing, what our place in this business world, but even in the world at large, What are we really here for? Who are we? What are we doing? And so I created a little bit of a mess again in a business that 
by all external accounts, was and still is doing really well. And so I found myself in this place where I needed, you know, I need to keep running my business. But the truth is, things feel really messy. And so it's been like, how do I keep running my business? (laughs) What do I actually do here? Like, what am I talking about? What are my podcast episodes about? What's my marketing content about? Like, what am I doing here when I don't fully know what I'm doing? (laughs) And again, I know what I'm doing in terms of business coaching. I know what I'm doing. I know how to market. But when I don't know the answers to some of these really core questions of who am I? What am I doing? What's our purpose? Et cetera. Then all of those surface things like marketing content, podcast episodes. It's like, ah, what am I doing? (laughs) Do you relate? Please tell me I'm not alone in this. And actually what I will say is that I know I'm not alone in this. And this is why I want to have this conversation today. I know because I get the immense privilege of being a business coach to literally some of the most amazing humans, not to mention business owners that I have ever met in my entire life. I know because of the work that I do that I am not alone in having these kind of messy middles. Because I see in my clients that almost every time, I I don't know if I could say exactly every time, but almost every time they expand into a new level, let's say, every single time, almost every single time, that they expand into something new, something bigger, something that feels more true, maybe something deeper, they have a messy middle because they go from solid caterpillar to caterpillar goo before they become the butterfly at this next level. And I think that we can see this in many areas of our life, not just in our business, but again, as a business coach, I get to see this frequently. And with this though, Almost every time I have a client who finds themselves in this messy middle, they often feel like maybe something's wrong with them. Maybe they're doing something wrong. Maybe they shouldn't be there. Maybe why am I the only one experiencing this? They often get this sense that there is something wrong here. This messy middle is communicating that there is something wrong. It shouldn't feel like this. It shouldn't be like this. Why am I the only one? Or why am I experiencing this? Things were just so good. And I thought that I had just moved into this new place. Why am I here? (laughs) And I always have to remind them it's the messy middle. This is part of the journey of expansion. (sighs) Hate to break it to you. But this is a very normal part of expansion. And it's so funny. I was talking to my mom a few weeks ago about, you know, she was asking about my business. And I was like, you know, things are going well, but I'm really struggling with a few things because everything that I'm doing right now in my business is really kind of feeling messy. All of these foundations that I'm kind of putting into place now for this long term, built to last version of Holco. It all feels messy and not quite finished. And in her motherly wisdom, she reminded me 
that I could talk about that. She's like, you're struggling to create podcast content, Carly. Talk about this because you're not the only one. She didn't say that, but you know, (laughs) reminder for myself, I am not the only one who experiences the mess and the discomfort in the mess and the feeling like, because I'm in this mess, ah, I don't know how to move forward. I am not the only one. And my mom reminded me that I can talk about this and that I can host a conversation on the mess. And it's so funny because I don't think my mom follows any of my marketing content. Um, If you do listen to my podcast, hi, mom. (laughs) But if you have been around, you know, the whole co-world for any amount of time, you know that we frequently talk about how the magic is often found in the mess. And so here I am getting a little bit of a taste of my own medicine, but wanting to share this with you and show you that if and when, because it's a when, not an if, (laughs) if or when you find yourself in a messy middle, you're not alone. If or when you find yourself in a space where you know that what you're doing is all things that you need to be doing on some level, but it's kind of creating this friction or resistance or challenge or difficulty in other areas of your business, you're not alone. If you feel like you are currently in a little bit of a mess, you are not alone and there's nothing wrong with you. And this is part of building a successful and sustainably successful business. The messy middles are where so much magic can be found. And so to normalize this a little bit, to show you that it's not just me saying you're not alone, but literally me being like, hey, I'm right here with you. I want to bring you behind the scenes of the whole co-mess. And oh, as I just said that, some sensation just went through my body of a little bit of fear, but a lot of excitement. And so I'm here for this. I'm here for this. And I'm excited, a little nervous, but excited (laughs) to bring you into our mess. So what does the mess of a whole co even look like right now. I'll be honest and say that a lot of the reason why we find ourselves at whole co in a mess right now is yes, the personal growth I went through last year, but also because I started working with a brand strategist last year, end of last year, around the same time that I was, well, really, I started working with a brand strategist because I was realizing that some things needed to be different about Holco. And if you listen to the last season of Selling Chocolate, that season was all about the 10K month formula. And I can't remember what the little slogan was after that. (laughs) And that was from an event that I ran, I think in October of 2022. Pretty much as soon as I finished that event, I was like, I can't keep talking about 10K months. 
I cannot keep talking about business success as though that means money success. And so, you know, again, moment of transparency here. (laughs) But even using that as Selling Chocolate Season 5 was oh, it felt messy for me. And I don't know if you noticed, but I didn't market that season very much because I just didn't know how because it felt so messy for me. But I was in a place of, I, you know, I did this thing. I had been using this like, woo, 10K month. Like I'd been using this language around five-figure cash months, 10K cash months, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'd been using that language for like two years in my business as my messaging And pretty much as soon as I wrapped up that live event, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do it. Now, I did choose to use it as the selling chocolate season because I knew that actually what we were talking about was not about the 10K month. Yes, of course, it can, you know, contribute to a 10K month. But everything in that season, if you haven't listened to it, is like gold. It is super, super, super valuable. So like, it's amazing. (laughs) So I'm not knocking it. And that is ultimately why I decided to include it as a season. But I just couldn't keep talking about money anymore. And the reason for that is that through my own, again, personal growth last year, but also my work with clients last year, I realized that I needed to stop talking about money as though it's the goal but I need to put it in its rightful place as a side effect of the goal. More money is not the goal. It is a side effect and a natural side effect of the goal. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But the reason I was even using that language in the first place was because, well, that was what I thought the goal was at that point in my business. You know, two years ago, my biggest goal was I want to have a 10K cash month or when is that? Two and a half years ago. I don't know. I want to have a 10K cash month. Like that's what my goal was. But as I have grown as a human and as I have worked with more clients and as I have, you know, even grown as a business owner, I've realized that more money is not the goal. It is a side effect of the goal. And this became really like, kind of annoyingly clear (laughs) when in the span of, I think it was one month, I had three different clients come to me. You know, we were talking about whatever we talk about in business coaching sessions. And they basically said something along the lines, all of them said something along the lines of, you know, your messaging is all about money but that's not even really what we're doing here. They're like, yeah, of course, you know, okay, I'm making more money, but but that's not even what we're doing. What we're really doing is like building these foundations for my business to succeed. And, you know, what we're really doing is you're working on the, the business and the human running the business. Like you're creating a foundation that makes it so that we can you know, build these built-to-last businesses. Trust ourselves more as business owners. Actually enjoy what we're doing in our work. And yeah, does that make us more money? Yes, but that's not really what we're doing here. And when I had those three different clients essentially all tell me that exact same thing, I had to start paying attention 
to something that I knew to be true, but that I had been avoiding for a little while. (laughs) Because I didn't want to admit that we weren't working on money because money seemed like the easiest thing to market. Doesn't everyone want more money? Of course. Of course everyone wants more money. So that's what we'll sell. More money. And to be honest, as I consider now moving away from more money is the goal and into money is not the goal, it is the side effect of the goal. And as I continue exploring how to turn that into messaging that still meets my people where they're at, of course, but that accurately conveys the real work that I'm doing, I'm a little terrified. (laughs) I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm scared because there is so much proof in this online business world that money-focused messaging works. And there's not a lot of proof, at least that I've seen yet, that removing money as the goal, putting it as a side effect, and not just like saying that, but like literally building all of my messaging and all of my marketing and everything that I am saying and doing off of that truth. (laughs) I don't have a lot of proof that that's actually going to work. I don't have a lot of proof that that's going to make me a lot of money, that that's going to bring the right clients in. I don't have a lot of proof of that. I have a lot of proof that the other way, the money-focused way, is it works, that it brings in clients. I have a lot of proof of that. But I also have this knowing inside of my like literal depths of my being that I can't keep doing what I was doing because money is not the goal. It's a side effect of the goal. And so part of the mess that I'm in right now (laughs) is that I am reworking my messaging and I am creating marketing content. I just had kind of a little half launch of expand. I'm selling another program right now, like I'm doing all the things without having like total solid clarity on what I actually need to say. And that's not true. I know what I want and need to say from a like gut perspective. Everything I'm saying, I'm like, this is the truth. But I'm still having to play around with what is the messaging of this? How do I position this in a way that it does bring in my right fit, dreamy client and in a way that is absolutely true about the work that I'm doing? And so that mess is probably one of the most uncomfortable (laughs) pieces of my business right now. I'm having to rework how I've always done things without proof that it's going to work. But because I know in my core that I have to do it and that it has to be this way and I have to figure it out now. And I have been running a business in all of the months in between trying to figure it out. (laughs) And the fun, quote unquote, side effect of this is that as I started to look at, okay, if money is not the goal, but rather it's a side effect of the goal then what am I really truly doing and what is the actual goal? And as you can imagine, this shook up everything. (laughs) 
this shook up everything because, you know, I've structured expand, for example, based off of money goals. So now not only am I having to rework messaging and positioning, but then I'm also having to look at expand and see what's actually happening here. What am I actually doing here? And if money isn't the goal, but there's a different goal, what is that goal? And then how do I structure, restructure this offer to make sure that it meets that goal, that it creates the conditions within which my right fit clients can actually achieve that goal? And this is, you know, shout out to my brand strategist. (laughs) Very grateful. But she pointed something out to me that I literally like can't help but laugh at now because I'm like, how did I not see this? But what she showed me is that actually what I'm doing is I am helping business owners trust themselves first. That I am supporting business owners to, of course, build foundations in their business, like actual business foundations, but also build the foundation of self-trust so that they can actually build the business that they want to build where they get to do work they love doing in the way they love doing it while working with the people they love working with. And when she brought up that self-trust, when she reflected that back to me, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's true. That's totally true. But then over the weeks after that, I started seeing all of this old content that I had created. I started seeing, you know, trainings that I had previously done. And in everything that I've been doing for like the last two years, even before that, but particularly in these last two years, everything that I have done has been about trusting yourself first. Trusting yourself more than you trust the random internet guru that shows up on your TikTok feed. Trusting yourself first before you trust even your coach or, you know, whoever is leading your mastermind. (laughs) Trusting yourself first before some random person in a Facebook group. Trust yourself first. Or, as the whole Komodo goes, look external for ideas, but internal for answers. Huh, I've been talking about that this whole time. (laughs) But when I realize that that is truly the work that I'm doing with clients, that's the promise that I can, you know, deliver on and deliver on consistently, I realized that I had to again, make some changes to how I was structuring Expand. You know, if you've been around Holco for any amount of time, you've probably heard me talk about this concept of powerful offers that transform. I have a whole download on that, a guide on that that you can get on my website, on our everything page. Go take a look at that. But the whole idea of powerful offers that transform is that if you want to create an offer wherein your right fit clients can transform. You have to create the conditions within which they actually can succeed, within which they actually can transform. You have to create those conditions. And part of those conditions is timing, timelines. How long of a container do you have? How many coaching sessions do you have? You know, what's the spacing between sessions? What's the cadence of the entire program? Like you have to, in order to create the conditions within which your clients can succeed, you have to actually really think about timing in every single way, but particularly in the way of how long does it take my average right fit client 
to get the transformation that I am promising and promoting inside of my work. Expand last year was a four-month program. It then turned into a six-month program. And as I looked at the promise of this is not your first 10K cash month, your next 10K cash month, consistent five-figure cash months. That's not the promise. That's a side effect, a very natural side effect of everything that we're doing. And I've had many clients create, you know, that exciting kind of result. But the real transformation is that you will have the foundations built in your business, the actual business foundations, the foundations of your sustainable sales system alongside the foundation of self-trust. You will have those built and that will empower you to build your business your way and to get to do that work you love doing in the way you love doing it with the people you love working with, which is where all of that time, energy, and money freedom that so many of us crave, that's where that really comes from. But again, notice in that the goal is not the money. The money is the side effect of the goal. The real goal is that sustainable success. And how we create that sustainable success is these foundations first. And so when I looked at that, I realized this can't be a six-month program anymore. (laughs) It can't be a six-month program anymore. Because if I'm now saying that we're going to build these foundations and you're going to walk out of this trusting yourself to really be the leader of your business and to look external for ideas but internal for answers, then we need more time. (laughs) We need more time. How do we figure that out? How do we figure out how much time do we actually need? We look at client examples. And all of my clients who had quote unquote graduated from my work in one way or another, the ones who were in a place of trusting themselves, of looking external for ideas, but internal for answers, those clients had been with me for about a year. Plus, some clients choose to stay on after that first year, but about a year. It wasn't a six-month process. It was about a year process. And so I had to change then the structure of Expand. And Expand now is a 10-month program. But here's the little caveat to that. It's a 10-month program now, but with a one-month break. (laughs) A one-month break in the middle. And I'm laughing as I say that because Again, here I go, right? This is my little voice in my head. Here you go again, Carly. (laughs) But here I go, being caught in this mess, but knowing I need to do something different to what I've been doing, even though I don't have the proof that doing this different thing is actually going to work. And so I'm going to tell you straight up, I have had some massive mental drama (laughs) around a 10-month program at first, I was like, is that too long? Are people going to hate it? Will people sign up? How long is it going to take people, you know, to go from coming into my world as a cold lead to then actually like joining because now it's a 10-month commitment, yada, 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 right? Lots of mental drama about that that I have worked through. I feel so solid on it being 10 months. I'm so excited about it. Happy to have a deeper conversation about how I got there in another moment. But even that 10 months, I was like, ah, not going to work. And the reason just 10 months wasn't going to work is that almost every single one of my clients who has expanded in really big ways has had a messy middle and typically needed a month to be like, 
in that messy middle. (laughs) Typically needed a month to kind of flounder around in that messy middle so that they could then come back ready to do the next pieces of their expansion. And last year, I got to see this firsthand. I took December of 2021 off, or half of it off at least, I think, or most of it off. I took June off of client work in 2022, and I took a good part of December 2022 off as well from client work. And every single one of those three times that I took that break, I came to the other side, met my clients again, you know, in whatever form of sessions we were meeting in, and they all were so much more solid in themselves and therefore were so much more ready to actually expand. And if we're thinking about this from the concept of self-trust, right? Like, you know, what we're really doing is we're cultivating these foundational elements of a built-to-last sustainably successful business, which includes the business foundations and the foundation of self-trust. Taking a month off of coaching actually really helps you realize, oh, I actually can do this. (laughs) Oh, I don't actually like need this coach or need this program or need someone else's advice on this. Like, oh, I can actually do this. That month off that expand clients from now on are going to get to choose to take whenever they want to during that 10 month program, which will actually then be 11 calendar months. That month is part of how I create the conditions within which my right fit clients can succeed. Because I've seen time and time again, if they take that month off, they come back trusting themselves even more than they previously did. And not only that, even more ready to fully expand into whatever their vision for their next level is. But also with that, even with this now being a 10-month program with the one-month break, and even though I know that this is how we create the conditions within which our clients can succeed, I still had to kind of adapt some other pieces of expand to help me feel really solid with Hey, even though I don't have proof that this is going to work, like I know this is what I need to do, but also Carly's brain needs like some supports here. (laughs) Carly's brain is just asking for a little bit of help here (laughs) to really feel okay with all of this. And a couple of things that I did to support my brain in that was one, I created a guarantee. I've never been a guarantee person, but I wanted to create what I now am calling the Empowered to Expand Guarantee. And the reason I created this guarantee, even though, again, I've never been a guarantee person, is because I felt like for myself that I would be more confident that people would join Expand, a now 10-slash-11-month program, if there was an element of a guarantee. Naturally, I had to really think through what this guarantee was and how it was structured so that it would, you know, be like safe and supportive feeling for me, really honor my boundaries, but also create that sense of safety and support for new clients, etc. You know, I had to work through those details, but I had to then, yeah, choose like, what does that actually look like? If I am going to offer a guarantee, what is that going to look like? Not only that, then I also had to, with the help of my team, 
basically really tighten up all of our policies. Because if we're going to offer a guarantee, we need to also be really clear on what the policy is to use the guarantee on, you know, what the policy is to cancel your contract after the guarantee, like after that expires. We had to get really clear on what all of those policies were and then agree to be super strict with them, like wildly strict with them. And, you know, in the past, I've been more lenient. I've kind of taken some things on a case-by-case basis. But as we really thought about our expansion and as we thought about this being a 10-month program, which inherently means that I'm working with people for longer, you know, we have to be more solid in the actual container that we're creating. We realize that we need to fully stick with our policies and that there can't be that leeway and there can't be that like case by case. It's just, this is what the policy is and we need to stick with that. And the Carly of a few years ago would have really hated that approach because I totally would have felt like, well, yeah, but what about this? And what about that? And what about this? But then I, you know, as I was having this conversation about our policies and being more strict, we were making that decision. We realized that not being strict on policies actually is doing a disservice to all of our other clients. Because if we're lenient with one person and then strict with another person, that's not very nice. Because now there's these double standards and how are we making choices? And it's nothing about that feels good to most of the people involved. So we had to decide to get clearer on our policies and really make sure that now we are going to hold them pretty strictly. And that supports me in feeling safe inside of a 10-month now container, but also supports our clients in knowing that there's not any double standards, that it's like literally this is what it is. This is what you agreed to. (laughs) And we're going to hold you to what your agreement is. But then even with this, Another kind of side effect of this mess with the messaging, the mess of the, I'm not talking about 10K cash months anymore. (laughs) Another side effect of that mess, besides now turning Expand into this 10 month long program, besides then creating that guarantee, besides, you know, all of these, the policy things, was I also had to make sure that we are exclusively bringing right fit people in. And so I had to redo our application again. (laughs) I have redone that application many times in the last year plus. (laughs) But I had to redo our application again because I was like, well, we need to make sure that this application is really weeding out the wrong fit people and only bringing in the right fit people. And in order to even do that, I had to also revisit who is my right fit person get really crystal clear on that and really allow myself to go beyond any of these kind of secret subconscious little worms that I still had in my brain of, well, you have to just take anyone who wants to pay and you know what all these things that we carry inside of our brains without even knowing sometimes. I had to really weed through a lot of those and allow myself to think about who is my actual right fit person. What are my absolute non-negotiables? What has to be true about this person for them to be a right fit, for us to be a right fit, right? A mutual right fit. Them a right fit for my work and my work a right fit for them. Like what has to be true? 
So there I go again, digging up an entire huge piece of my own foundations of making sure that now I am crystal clear on who my right fit person is. And then I have to go update the application to make sure that we can see who that person is. (laughs) This mess has been permeating everything and it has made me dig up so many things. And really, those are even just the things on the outside of my business, right? It's the messaging. It's the application to work with me. It's the marketing content. It's those kinds of things. I've had to then make shifts not only to the length of time of expand, but also we've now really intentionally looked at how can we weave self-trust into every single part of expand. And of course, because it's something that I was already doing, I just wasn't conscious or aware of the fact that I was doing, it was already all throughout expand. But now that we're saying, hey, this is the goal, we've had to go in and add new pieces in throughout as well. So that's kind of the messaging. The messaging has impacted so much about everything that we're doing and has truly, this that's the mess, right? That's like, it's made the podcast episodes hard. It's made my marketing hard. It, I didn't market a whole season of selling chocolate because I was like, I don't know how to talk about this because I don't like this conversation anymore. <laughs> But even outside of that, another big shift that has happened that again has created some real messy feelings is that now instead of thinking about like short term, how do I make money right now in my business, which looking back is a lot of how I was running my business on a, you know, pretty consistent basis. Now I've been thinking about the long term. How do I create money? success, sustainability, fulfillment, joy, spaciousness. How do I create all of that over the long term? And there's definitely a time to, you know, be thinking about how do I create more money right now? Of course. I often find that that really fast action is super important, particularly when you are in those stages of your business where you're like trying to figure out some of that, those key pieces, like what is the work I want to be doing? How do I want to do that work? What kind of people do I want to bring into that work? Like when you're in the earlier stages of working through those foundations from a true you perspective rather than a, oh, this is what the coach said perspective, having that really fast action and then like getting those kind of quick results of money coming back in, that's actually kind of a valuable approach to take because it just helps you start to see really clearly what works, what doesn't work, what you like, what you don't like, et cetera. But I've been doing that now for several years. (laughs) I have been doing that for several years and it's worked. It's awesome, right? Like I made over, what did I make? Like $220,000 in 2022 with an audience of 600 people. Like that is a a very uncommon result. (laughs) And the way I did it was with that kind of really fast action on my part, like internally. But now... And this was kind of part of the awakening on the other side of my caterpillar goo moment last year. I realized that if I want to keep building this business, I have to bring it into pretty much a completely long-term focus view, at least for a moment. And I have to start thinking about really setting things up today that are going to support that long-term thing in the future, the long-term success, the business that lasts. 
maybe even beyond me. Like, how do I do that? What needs to be in place today for that to happen? And what this did was it made me, you know, I started investing in brand strategy, like (laughs) in some other things, some systems, right? Like my team is putting together some different automations and all these great things. Things are great. We are doing a lot of fun things in the background. But what that has also meant is that because I have shifted out of the fast, make money right now, here we go, what can I do to bring more cash in? You know, go, 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 go. Because I've shifted out of that and shifted into a purely pretty much long-term perspective. It's meant that I made the least amount of money that I made in all of 2022 in like November and December last year. And in January of this year as well, I have made less money than I'm used to making for the last few months because I am doing things right now that are going to bring so much more success and so much more sustainable success in the future. So let me tell you, that in and of itself has really made quite a mess, (laughs) particularly in my own brain. And I've had to really work through, you know, a lot of the mindset pieces, but even beyond mindset, a lot of the literal like somatic body physiology pieces, I have had to really step into a much deeper sense of safety within myself than I've ever experienced before. Because, and I didn't even realize this, but literally with the money that I was just so used to making and it was you know, it was the most money I had made in my life, all of that stuff, all that exciting stuff. (laughs) I had kind of started to use that money to create a sense of safety for me. And while that worked for a little bit, (laughs) it was never going to work for a long time. And eventually I had to start stepping into creating that sense of safety within my own self regardless of whatever the money situation was. And let me tell you, that's been hard. (laughs) That has been a lot of work (laughs) and a lot of self-care and a lot of support for myself. It has meant a lot. But again, even that is a long-term focus. Because if I can create a sense of safety within myself right now, outside of any expectation of money creating that safety for me, man, what a foundation to be able to keep building a business on top of. What a foundation to keep, you know, to carry through life. And I'm not saying that this is, you know, does everyone have to do this? Like come to this point? I don't know. (laughs) But for me, this has felt like the natural next progression of really creating this long-term sustainable success, not only in my business, but really in all of my life. So what has this kind of long-term focus actually shifted? You know, if I've shifted my perspective to taking this long-term approach, what has been happening in this mess? So I've talked about already, of course, you know, I've hired a brand strategist, working on some automation stuff, some systems things. Team has got some really amazing things going on, like some assets that they're creating with 
guidelines or templated responses, you know, all sorts of different things. But it also has meant some things related to like my offer suite. In the past, I was really focused on always creating new offers. And now I am really trying to focus on just stay with the offers I have. There's a couple places where I see some gaps in my offer suite. So I'm creating a couple of new offers, but everything that I'm doing is like, oh, I'm planning on creating this at this point. It's not like, oh, I have an idea. Now I'm going to create this whole new offer and yada, yada, yada. (laughs) Everything I'm doing now is connected to a larger strategy. Would that have been possible a couple years ago? No, it really wouldn't have. And if I would have tried to do it a couple years ago, I would have just like gotten stuck in this really big loop of trying to make myself be somewhere that I wasn't. So I needed to have the last few years of, woo, that sounds fun. I'm going to try it. I'm going to make an offer. Like that helped me, but now I'm here. And so I'm having to really think about what are my offers? What's the offer suite look like? Where are the gaps? And really strategically create that. Another kind of shift that has happened as I thought about the long term is this podcast is now getting published weekly instead of in batches every other month. Because as I thought about what's really sustainable for me, the having to create, you know, these five episode, I don't even know what to call them, series, (laughs) I guess. But these five episode kind of like little containers that are all talking about the same thing, and all kind of building on each other and all connected in some way. If I had to create those every other month, like that was not going to be sustainable. I'm really glad I did that because now I have these amazing assets to be able to like point people back to, but I couldn't keep going that way. And not only that, but there are things that I want to talk about, like literally what I'm talking about in this episode, that it doesn't make sense to have a whole like five episode series on. So I needed to change that. Again, the shift into long-term thinking made me start to think, what really needs to happen here? What really needs to change here for this to be more sustainable? And a once a week episode feels a lot more sustainable for me. It's also shown up in other places in my marketing. One of which was last year, I was planning on hiring a marketing assistant. And then I got some amazing applications and I told all of them, I'm so sorry, but I've decided not to hire right now. And that was a decision that was really hard to make because I was like, well, no, I I want this marketing assistant. It's going to help with this. It's going to be amazing. Like, this is going to be wonderful. But because I knew that we were in this like messy middle, I'm like, I don't want to bring a marketing assistant in right now who is going to have to like ride this wave of figure out all these things alongside me when I haven't even figured them out myself. So I didn't make a hire that theoretically was going to make so many things so much easier for me. But now that I'm focusing on these long-term things and I know that I'm building these deeper, like more solid foundations, hiring a marketing assistant in the future is going to be awesome. And they're going to be able to come in and really get to know our brand and be part of it so that they can support with our marketing. It's meant that I've really been thinking more about the specific jobs of different platforms. So what's the job of my email list? What's the job of my podcast? What's the job of the Facebook group? I've been considering adding Instagram in. What's the job of Instagram if I add that in? Instead of just, you know, willy-nilly like, woo, I'm going to create content here, create content here, create content here. In the past, that's been helpful, of course, (laughs) because it's helped me, you know, get content out, make sales, meet amazing people. Like 
the kind of willy-nilly approach to different platforms and all of that, it worked for a little bit. But then it stopped working. And I had to really, I'm having to even still, really think about what am I wanting to do on each of these platforms? Why is someone joining me in my podcast? Why is someone joining me in my Facebook group? Why is someone joining me on my email list? Like really deeply having to think through each of those pieces. So I've given you some areas where the mess is showing up a lot in my messaging. (laughs) And I've shown you how that's affected expand. I've shown you some other areas where this mess has been happening in terms of as I've shifted my perspective from this short term, how do I make more money right now to long term? How do I build genuinely sustainable success in a business that's built to last? But then even personally, there's been a few shifts that have been happening as well that have, you know, I know I need to do them, but also made some things feel messy. One of them is that sometime last year, I started to feel really uncomfortable with talking about client wins. And if you've been around Holco for a while, then that might feel a little bit off brand (laughs) because I used to be someone who used to teach like every client win that you get, share it in your marketing. Like I used to say that all the time. And then I stopped sharing client wins last year. And I still have been struggling to share client wins, <laughs> even in the first you know month of 2023. And the reason I stopped was again, kind of coming out of the other side of my caterpillar goo moment last year, I started to really question, is sharing client wins actually in integrity with what I believe about the transformation process? And the truth is, is, you know, like I've had a lot of questions that I've been wrestling with for months at this point around like, you know, if I share a client win, am I in a sense taking responsibility for their win? Is it okay if I take some responsibility for their win? Do I want to take any responsibility for their win? Like all of these really kind of big questions that have made it challenging for me to say the least to then even figure out how I want to share a client win because I want to celebrate them. And then it's just made me not share any client wins. (laughs) But what I realized recently is that the reason I've been struggling with that question for so long is one, I do want to be in integrity, but that's my kind of side of me that doesn't want to share client wins. But if that was the only side of me, then I just would feel totally fine about not sharing client wins. But there's another side of me that wants to participate in celebration culture because I really believe that we are not frequently shown throughout all of our lives, like throughout even all of society, like we are not frequently shown that it is okay and not only okay, but even a good thing to celebrate ourselves and to celebrate other people. Like it's not a thing that is normal. in the vast majority of society. And that's why I've seen so many of my clients, for example, feel uncomfortable celebrating themselves. They feel like they're bragging or whatever. It's just not a normal thing. However, I know because I've seen it for myself, for clients, I know how powerful it is to pause and celebrate yourself and be celebrated by other people. I know how powerful it is to allow yourself to receive 
that celebration. And I know that I want to be part of that celebration culture and of furthering that culture of celebration. And so it's felt like there's two parts of me that have been at odds. How do I celebrate? How do I be part of this celebration culture that I believe in so deeply while celebrating in a way that feels really an integrity for me? Because when I thought about it, and even when I was on the receiving end of it from other coaches, right, like that I was working with or whatever, when I thought about the kind of usual way that we celebrate, it's, woohoo, my client just did this amazing thing. <laughs> and while it's true that the client did do that thing, the way that it's shared often to me has felt like the coach is taking the responsibility. Like, oh, because of me, my client did this. And I didn't like that. I didn't want to participate in that. And I did participate in it for a little bit. So there's, you know, growth. (laughs) But I didn't want to participate in it anymore. And so this is my messy middle with this. (laughs) But what I've looked at is in order to contribute to celebration culture, I do actually have to celebrate. And I do want to. I do want to be able to celebrate my clients. Of course, it's also helpful for other people in my audience who are considering working with me to see what's possible. So I do want to bring my client wins to my marketing more than I have for sure in the last like almost year. But I've had to really look at how do I do that in integrity. And I'm still in process, still figuring that one out. (laughs) I had this realization a while ago and a few weeks ago, and I have yet to share a client win still publicly, even though a lot of my clients have been feeling awesome, doing awesome, having really awesome experiences. (laughs) And so where I've started to land, and this might be a whole other episode in itself, but where I've started to land is that one thing that will help me feel better about celebrating clients is really nuanced shifts in my language. So for example, you know, normally it's, woo, my client just yada, yada, yada. But what I realized is that by leading with my client, that's for me where I see some of that kind of like responsibility being taken. My client, you are now defining that person's identity based off of the fact that they are yours. Oof, and I don't like that. That gives me shivers. (laughs) And what I've started to think for myself when I do get into the place where I am sharing client wins again is that I want to position it something along the lines of like a client in my program or a business owner in my program or a business owner here, you know, not defining them as mine, but defining them as the aspect of their humanity that I am in contact with, which is themselves as business owners, (laughs) defining them as that aspect of themselves and then sharing what they have created. And I know that that's so nitty gritty and so nuanced, but this has been one of those kind of flowers starting to bloom for me in this messy, dirty, I don't even know, garden of business where I've started to see, okay, if I do want to participate in celebration culture, what needs to change and what needs to change is 
that little bit of language as a start. And I'll keep playing on that one. So more to come for sure. Also though, personally, what's been coming up in this messy middle and kind of what's even been contributing to this messy middle is I hired an anti-racism coach last year. And I have, you know, I've read books. I've watched videos, watched movies. I've, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things. But, and this is for all my, all my white friends in the audience, I have been blown away by how much deeper working one-on-one with an anti-racism coach is taking me than I like even knew I needed to go. And that has been mind-blowing. It has been so valuable because I'm now feeling like I'm finally moving beyond a head knowledge of these things of really about how to be a better person is really what anti-racism work is. From what I understand of it, it's like, how do I be a better human and contribute to creating a better society? But I have been blown away by how powerful it's been to work one-on-one with someone who can help me dig deeper and move beyond this head knowledge and into like a literal physical beingness around being a better human being, treating people equitably, seeing people for who they are as they are. And that process of moving from the head knowledge into the like body knowledge has been absolutely imperative to, you know, everything in my life. But if we're thinking about this in terms of business, it's been absolutely imperative to my ability to show up as the business owner that I actually want to be. But with it has brought a lot of questions. And it has also made me have to think again, even more deeply about how I'm doing things, what I'm doing, who I'm doing them with. I've had to think so much more deeply and I'm so grateful for that. And it's, it's made a mess in the best possible way. And to be honest, I'm still working with my coach on figuring out how do I bring what I'm learning to more conversations that I'm having in a way that is true and not performative. And I've realized through this process that one of my biggest fears around any of this anti-racism work has been being perceived as performative. And that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) And I'm still truly working on that. I'm still trying to figure out how do I want to bring this? How do I want to, you know, allow this conversation to permeate everything that I'm doing in a much bigger way than it already has? And so To be honest with you, that is another messy middle that I am in. And I don't have an answer there yet. And I'm playing around with some things. I've done some episodes on my private client podcast recently where I just am telling my clients about some things that I'm learning and, you know, having those conversations there. But in terms of in the more public places that I am operating and living within, how do I want to bring that conversation? I don't know yet. What's that going to look like? I don't know yet. Do I know I want to have that answer? Yeah, I do. But I don't know what it's going to look like yet. 
And so here I am in that messy middle as well. So I guess as I kind of start to think about wrapping up here, I have shared a lot of our mess <laughs> here at Holco with you. And if you've listened to all of this, gosh, I hope it's been helpful in some way and not just Carly talking about all the things that she's been working on recently. <laughs> but I share all of this with you because it is completely normal to have messy middles. It is completely normal to feel like you are in your caterpillar goo stage, but also like you're a business owner, so you have to keep showing up and have to keep running your business. It is completely normal. And not only is it normal, but I would even say that this making a mess phase that you will cycle back to many times, hate to break it to you, <laughs> but this messy middle phase is actually a crucial part of establishing real, lasting self-trust. As I've been thinking through how have I supported clients to cultivate self-trust over my years of coaching, what has that looked like? Because I've been having to clarify that for my brand strategist. <laughs> I've realized that there are kind of four stages to cultivating self-trust. And we'll have to do a whole other episode on what each of them are and what they look like and all of that. But the very first stage literally is giving yourself permission to play around and make a mess. Most of my clients who come to me come to me being some version or variation of people pleasers, perfectionists, and or procrastinators. <laughs> if you are raising your hand on all three of those, I am right there with you. <laughs> Although I like to say I am a recovering one of each of those. Recovering people pleaser, recovering perfectionist, and recovering procrastinator. Sometimes I fall into it. I'm getting a lot better at not being in each of those things these days, but I still do fall into it. And when you are one or any or all of those things, what I often find is that the last thing that you want to do is make a mess. And I say this because I've seen it in clients time after time after time. The last thing that they want to do is make a mess. They're like, I kind of just want to know what I need to finally do. But may I present to you the thought that when you are looking for what is that thing I just need to do, what usually is happening is that you are looking external for answers and internal for ideas <laughs> rather than looking external for ideas and internal for answers. That is when we start to trust people outside of us, people's strategies, things, whatever, outside of us more than we are trusting ourselves. And if you want to step out of that pattern of people-pleasing, of perfectionism, of the procrastination, then one of the things that you can do to begin to step out of that pattern is give yourself permission to play around and make a mess to try things, to see how they work, to see how they feel, to dig shit up, <laughs> to work through things because you're like, I don't know, but I'm going to try. 
to see what magic is hidden underneath all of the things that you have somewhere picked up that are things that you have to do or that you should do or that, well, this has to happen so that you can be successful, yada, yada, yada. Because when you start digging through those things, which happens when you decide, you know, to basically say, fuck it, I'm going to make a mess. (laughs) When you start to do that, that's when you stop looking external for answers and start looking internal for answers. And that is the first step of beginning to cultivate self-trust. So if you are in a messy middle, I'm right there with you, friend. (laughs) I am right there with you. It doesn't last forever. And it is a crucial, a crucial step in your journey of expansion, in your journey of trusting yourself. So keep going. You've got this. You will come to the other side. And when you do come to the other side, you are now going to stand on such a stronger foundation that will allow you to expand and to create your next level of genuinely sustainable success in your business. Not sustainable success in terms of oh, now I don't have to run sales calls (laughs) or whatever the kind of hot thing is of the day. Sustainable success where you get to do every single day in your business, work that you love doing in the way you love doing it with the people you love working with and create as a side effect of those things, a very natural side effect. Create as a really natural side effect, more time, more energy, more money, more freedom, more ease, more joy, more fulfillment in every area of your business. And to be honest, it'll permeate your life as well. I'm cheering you on. Thanks for listening. Thanks for bearing witness to, well, our messy middle. We've got this. Talk soon.